Tapping your tappity tips. It's time to listen to Top Ten Thursdays. <laughs> That's right, audience. I'm calling you out. I'm tired of your shit. I'm your host, John Lemmy. Joining me, as always, is John Otney. Hello. And Colin Westman. Hey there. All right, guys. You remember last year? A little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Three out of three is pretty good. So we saw some movies, and we're going to talk about our favorite ten. But first, honorable mentions, anybody? A little Fast Five love? I think so. Fast Five, guys. Probably the best of the Fast and the Furious series. Perhaps the best performance of Vin Diesel's career. Seriously? I mean, I still haven't seen uh, Find Me Guilty. I, I saw that in theaters. Yeah, he's supposed to be pretty good in that. I liked that. Now that was that was a good one. But let me tell you, Vin Diesel is looking very muscular in Fast Five, and he drives cars really well. And yeah, he's he's all fat and find me guilty. That's not cool. Yeah, that's not cool at all. Proceed. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I, sorry to break your concentration on Fast Five. That's five, man. I, 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 last year, I, I marathoned all the Fast and the Furious movies uh, in just a few days uh, leading up to, to Fast Five. It was like, I think it was a Friday, Saturday, and we saw it on Sunday. And so I was pretty pumped by, by the time Sunday rolled around. And I was not disappointed. Uh, the heist sequences in that movie are pretty crazy. I think it. Sorry. I, I think you probably saw in the trailer, they, like, steal a bank vault, and they're just, like, driving it around town. <laughs> shit. A vault? Yeah, a vault. It's tethered yes. to, to the two cars, driven by Paul Walker what and are they Diesel. Two... <laughs> what are they, tanks? No, they're just cars. Are they criminals? I... Oh, yeah, they they gotta be criminals, right? Because isn't Dwayne Johnson, like, a cop or something? Yeah, Dwayne Johnson's... The guy the government calls when they want to make sure to arrest someone. <laughs> but, uh, Paul the Walker... I didn't know there was the yeah, special yeah, guy. No, yeah, he's the one guy. And Paul Walker was a cop in the first movie, but then, uh, kind of got... kind of fell in love with the lifestyle that Vin Diesel was leading. Sort of went bad over the course of the series. Doesn't doesn't really sound like these movies send a very good message. Mm. Well, it took him five movies for him to start out as a bad guy. He always he always has the best intentions and then Vin Diesel gets the best of him. Okay. And uh yeah. It's just cool that they got all these dumb characters and brought them all together like it's Ocean's Eleven or something. Oh yeah, they're the best Whoa, of the best. Ludicrous. <laughs> Most talented. 
Talented Dang Man. You know, it's a fun movie. I would sincerely recommend watching it if you. Enjoy yeah, but the thing is, yourself. I have to see four movies before that. Not really. I mean, knowing who them, who they all are, sort of makes it make more sense to you. And so it might be more fun if you're like, why the fuck are all these people working together? How do they know each other? Why does this guy get so little screen time? Because he sucks. Because most of them do. Most of them are not that great. But I'm, I'm glad it's entertaining. Oh, it's hella entertaining. Speaking of entertaining action movies, while I'm at it, another of my honorable mentions, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Probably should have been my list, the more I think about it. Fucking good. It's oh. pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe my favorite action movie of the year. I don't think I saw any action movies. Yeah, you did. You saw Captain America, Thor. You saw oh, those. those are like superhero themed, though. I'm talking about ones that are uh, source like code franchise ones. I, I mean, I don't know. The source code count? No, I think it does. I think all the ones you just mentioned count, but not by John's standards. I feel like it needs to be like the main guy needs to be doing stunts and jumping over shit, and shit needs to be blowing up. There's some explosions yeah. in source code. I feel like that train blows up like ten times. I feel like source code is more about the mind, though. You know, it's uh, it's more sci-fi. It's more cerebral. I mean, there was some action in it. I feel like most sci-fi movies are action movies. Mm, well, not all. It's Solaris. That's why I said most. Oh my well, god, Solaris. If you ever try to watch Solaris, just... I don't know. Pace yourself. That's all you can do. Enough about that. Um... What else? What else is there? Honorable mentions? Just, you like my honorable mention list? I don't Super know what eight? order we're going in. So, Super yeah. 8? <laughs> I don't think any of these are making our list, right? go to the right? top and then work down, skipping the ones we've already done. Like, I don't think so, any of these honorable mentions make our lists, right? Because they didn't make any of our individual lists. Yeah. I don't even know why we need to talk about them. Eh, shut up. Yeah, because I don't do honorable mentions. So I just want to give some shout-outs. All right. Well... All this one list, yeah. Uh, beginners, I thought really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Did you hard. see that? Yeah. Yeah, I liked Christopher Plummer in uh, a couple of performances, but overall, I thought it was pretty boring. Mm. I just feel like it's every indie drama that's ever been made. There was just nothing in it that really that I was like, oh, wow, that really sets it aside from. It was okay. I just wasn't crazy about it. I hear what you're saying. I, it, it's hard to say that that was really that unique a movie. Uh, but certainly not a, a mainstream movie. And uh, All the performances I thought were pretty strong. Uh, I haven't seen Ewan McGregor in something I liked in a while. That was uh, nice. He was pretty good in I Love You, Philip Morris, from last year. I just wanted to check out. Yeah, I didn't bother to see that. <laughs> He's too oh, cool. I liked it. I wasn't Anyways. too cool for that. I was just too lazy. Yeah. Okay. Gotta draw a line in the sand between coolness and laziness. I think they're kind of conjoined when it comes to you. Maybe that's just our generation. 
It's true. It's cool to be lazy. We're supposed to be talking about beginners. <laughs> we were. Not anymore. Guys are beginning to piss me off. Uh, All right. Should we just, just get into the real listing? Fine. Really good. Or all yeah. I could talk about beginners. Let's go on. Beginners are pretty cool. Okay. Right, so 13 Assassins made my list, but John, in the comments, made it seem like you totally forgot Thirsting Assassins existed. Oh, it's one of those movies that kind of blurs the line of who knows when it really came out. And I always, I don't know, have trouble with those. I'm like, I don't know. Is this from last year? Is this from this year? Well, it came out in the United States this year. Yeah. But it came okay. out in Japan last year. I just, I nitpick stuff like that and it gets in my head. But um, that all aside, it was a very entertaining movie. I don't usually like what have Mike? Is that it? Yeah, Takashi Mike. I always said just Mike because I'm American and I didn't, I didn't understand. I you know just Mike with two eyes. Anyways, I, I've seen a handful of his films. They're usually pretty gross and uh, just dark. This one was still pretty violent, but I don't know. At least there were some people that I could root for and get behind. Um. I don't want to sound offensive, but they were kind of hard to tell apart with so many different characters with all those weird... What do you call those haircuts? It's like a top knot. Yeah. But looking aside from that, yeah, really entertaining. Great action. Just... And blood. and Really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like I didn't really know the characters' names, but I... I knew, like, here's the main guy, like, the veteran guy, and, and here's, the, like, the guy who wants to prove himself, and the weird bandit guy who has, like, supernatural powers for some reason. Yeah. That was a remake, wasn't it? Of what? Of another movie called 13 Assassins? Or maybe not, it wasn't, but I thought it was a remake. Could be. I don't know. Or at least it's very similar to something. Well, I mean... It's kind of like Seven Samurai. Mm, that's no. I, I feel like there's a movie that it's. Call how many? Uh, did you see it, Call? Nope. Mm. It's on Netflix like forever. Uh, so are lots of things. <sighs> well, you tell him, Call. <laughs> Netflix sucks. Whoa. God, this is this this is driving me nuts. I could swear that it's it's like a remake. But I, but I can't think of what. Seriously, I'm, I'm starting to have it with Netflix instant streaming. It's really? pretty weak. Well, I just took a link that took me to Japanese Wikipedia. Oh, sorry. Go on. It's a, it's a remake of a movie called Jusanin Shikaku. Yeah, so maybe that uh, it's cool. It has that old timey feel, like one of those ones from the the you know late fifties, early sixties, and that's it's nice to see those kind of characters and that kind of group, and just that kind of movie made today. You know, you don't think those kind of movies can still get made that are real traditional kind of samurai stories, but there was one, and it was very entertaining. Put it put on my top ten. Um, I don't know. It it gets close, but. It, I don't think so, personally. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, I'm right now, I'm just trying to figure out what Shikaku means. Because 
Jusanin is 13. I know that from what I remember of Japanese. I feel I, I feel bad because I, I feel like I interrupted Colin. You're you're going you're going to go off on a Netflix thing. <laughs> well, that's not relevant at all to what we were doing. Well, yeah. but but 2011 was it the year that I quit Netflix twice. We could always save that for another one, I guess. Top ten reasons to quit Netflix. These don't always have to be top tens. <laughs> the podcast is called Top Ten Thursdays. I don't care what it's called. I feel like they never add anything anymore. They just take stuff away. There's an infographic out there of, of like, the... I think it was the most critically acclaimed movies, but it might have been the the most money-making movies from last year, and their availability on streaming services, and and there was a hundred movies. Netflix had, like, three of them from all of last year. I mean, it's cool that they sometimes have lots of smaller movies that are harder to see. Like, ones I saw recently, like, you know, Weekend and The Arbor and stuff like that. But for the most part, pretty weak. Yeah, their streaming library wasn't at the point where they could make it its own service, which is what they did last year, basically. Yeah. Poor decision. Totally poor decision. Anyway, speaking of poor decisions leading to poor fates, leads us to 50-50. Little bad guy getting cancer. That's a bummer. Interesting interesting transition. It's totally his decision to get cancer. Segways are hard! I know. (laughs) I like 50-50. Oh, yeah. Me too. I found it enjoyable. Not as funny as I'd hoped. There's a few... I mean, I know it was a dramedy. But I feel like there's only one or two parts where I was really laughing. I feel like there should have been more. But it was good. I feel like it was funnier than that. But I couldn't... I can't really think of any jokes from it. I only saw it the one time. Yeah, I think the best one was he's talking about like was it a like a was it a blowjob or something and how nobody wants to do it because it's like a job it's like work something <laughs> around the lines of that that was the one part where I was like that's that's pretty good well, and there's the good moment in the trailer where uh, he's trying to use cancer as a pickup line and he just walks up to the girl and he says hey I have cancer and Seth Rogen bails him out of there that's pretty funny but Seth- and he's the ultimate buddy. Yeah, he's a good buddy. But I think what I liked about this movie was the drama. I thought it was a, a great drama about a, a subject that I don't think too many movies dare to tackle. Young people having cancer. I mean, I can't think of anything else that did that. And I could I could really relate to what they were going through. And I, I could empathize with the characters. And I liked it. I did two shows in my top ten. At number 10. Uh, artist makes our list, though, right? We move that one over. It's kind of kind of has to. Attack the block. Attack it, John. Did anyone else see it? Nope. I saw it. 
Did you like it? Eh, that sounds alright. Okay. <laughs> well, I really liked it. <laughs> Just because it, it really reminded me of Edgar Wright, you know, like uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, that kind of, um, that, that great, I don't know even what to call it, just really zany pop culture, British mishmash of all sorts of stuff going on. And seeing that Edgar Wright hasn't really, I mean, he made Scott Pilgrim, but he hasn't made something like Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead in a while. It filled that void for me. And it was just, it just, I just started oozing nerd juice. <laughs> like, like a radioactive <laughs> stuff like it's, it's that just, came out of the aliens? Some nerd juice looks oh, like. Oh, spoiler alert, Colin. No. Juice comes out of aliens. It. The fact that it's this cool B movie that's actually pretty well written and really funny. The characters were like kind of dicks, but you kind of. I felt like you kind of felt for them after a while. Yeah, and I like. I like the kids. They're all really good, and they're like my favorite part of the movie. And the fact that Nick Frost is just there just to show up. Just. That, that's always good. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, that's I, that's a guy I'm going to be looking out for is uh, Joe Cornish. I think that was his debut film, but he worked on the Tintin screenplay with Edgar Wright and Stephen Moffat, who does uh, I don't know Doctor Who or something. Something British. <laughs> something British. Some good British though. I guess it's cool that Nick Frost got to be in something with aliens that wasn't Paul. Uh, I, it, it, it satisfied the uh, the comedy fan in me and the horror fan in me. So it just it was a surprise. But I know that it won't make the list, so we can move on. The decadence. <laughs> Colin noticed that the the Park Place Theater here in, in beautiful Kirkland, Washington, uh, it has a billboard with just two movies that they advertise, and one of them is Descendants, but they drop the S, so their sign says, like, Decadence. Like it's decadent? Yeah, almost like decadence. Almost like... Almost. Pretty dumb. Yeah, it's been out there for like a month now. Well, it would certainly make my list, The Descendants. I too. I'm a big fan. All right. Do you, do you, okay. We can talk about this more if it comes down to it. All right. I got, I got some feelings. <laughs> All right. Oh, you know what's not even on my list is Young Adult. Should we put it into consideration? Uh, I was pretty meh about young adult. So I would say no. Was, are, you, are you asking me if this should be a honorable mention? <laughs> Who cares about these honorable mentions? Seriously, I don't know. What, I don't know what your question was. I don't know. I I thought young adult was pretty good. I responded to that more than I responded to Descendants. Thought uh, it was. Sorry. Well, I, I was just mixed about Young Adult. There was definitely some things I liked about it, but I just, at the end of it, I just didn't really feel anything about the character at the center of it, and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel. 
it just felt like a mixed bag for me. Uh, I thought it was a great character study, but I was kind of discouraged that it was. It didn't really seem to be about anything. Like uh, that's the thing with those kind of movies. I mean, you don't have a beginning or ending. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Um, certain things in there worked for me, but overall, I guess I, I guess I wanted something more conventional. Sorry, that's a sad thing to say. I liked it. I just, it, I don't know. I guess I'll agree with Colin. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, it's it's no up in the air. But oh no. Yeah, I guess just compared to the other stuff Jason Reitman's done, I was expecting something more around the lines of that, and this was a little darker and a little more, a little looser. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I guess I was just more open to that. So that's my problem. How about Drive? That's on our list. Yeah, Drive. That's a pretty cool one. That's kind of one that took me a while. Like, like week, like a week after I saw it, I'm like, you know, that I did like that. Like, right when I was watching, I was like, this is really strange. This is really bizarre. These huge awkward pauses in the speech and everything, but it, it's so stylish and original and cool, and uh, I really enjoyed it for that. Was did it miss your list or Colin's list? It missed mine. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still wrestling with Drive, honestly. Because I feel like just because it's stylish and cool, does that make it a good movie? Or does it make it a great movie, which people have hailed it as? I don't know. Uh, let me ask you a, uh, a question. Drive. Okay. Great movie or greatest movie? <laughs> you know, it's even greater. It's hard to argue with that. I don't know <laughs> what to say. Because that okay. kind of statement. I mean, it's not just style, though. Every part of that movie is done well. I don't. I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand. I don't know. I'm just saying it's so bare bones in terms of themes and plot that I don't know if I, I don't know. I just felt like everything that's great about it is the execution, but there's not really much more. I don't know. It's a good movie. Well, I guess that's. I would put it on the list. Honestly, I still I still like it quite a bit. I just don't know if it's a great movie. Is what I'm saying. Because there are some scenes in there. I mean, the first scene of the movie is maybe one of the best of the year, and there are just a lot of great moments in it. I don't know. As I'm saying, as I've said, I'm still wrestling with it. You know, uh, Nicholas Winding Ref and the director, him and Ryan Gosling, they're working together again on their next project, so excited to see what's going to happen from that. Did you hear about the story, how they, they got working on this film? Sure, the bits and pieces. Yeah, like Ryan Gosling wanted to, he got to hire the director and everything, and he met with him, and he said it was like a really bad date, and it went really poorly. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. And Nicholas Winding like, I can't drive. <laughs> he's like, this guy's gonna make me a drive, he can't even drive a car. So Ryan Gosling like drives him to where he's gotta go. And they're in the car, just awkward silence. And then Ario Speedwagon comes up, the radio, and Ryan Gosling looks, and Nicholas Winding just is like singing and crying to the song. <laughs> And he's like, this is what our movie's about. It's a guy who drives around and listens to pop music. 
And then from there on, they were just like a unit, and they're now they're like one creative mind. So I'm really excited to see if that will, um, you know, that they can make another cool project now that they're on the same page, even if it happened, happened in such an awkward way. Which is a funny story. Just thought I'd throw that up there. Yeah, I really like that movie. Okay. I think we'll talk about it more. The Guard also did make your list, Colin. I thought it was fine. I thought it was all right. I, I wouldn't put it among the best movies of the year, but you guys really liked it, so, you know, it'll probably end up on the list. Oh, I loved it. I just love those characters, all of them. They're all so deep. They're all they're flawed, and they got you know they got these problems, but then they also got honor, and they're just the really rich characters. Even the villains in that, uh, Mark Strong. I'm a big fan of. It's a good year for him. It's always a good year for Mark Strong. It's good to be Mark Strong. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the last he's been getting a lot of big projects last couple of years. God, he's in so many movies. 2011, one, two. Oh, no, I wouldn't count. Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine as a movie. <laughs> one, two, Sounds three, like four, four five, six. I played Warhammer Space Marine. Seven. Well, if you count some movie that he narrated, he was in seven movies last year. That's pretty amazing. But yeah, back to the guard. And I, I just love black humor, that kind of Coen Brothers-like just quirkiness. Just so un-PC. And then, you know, throw that in with the, uh, the fact that it's like a buddy cop film, which is in, which I always love when done well. So it just really clicked for me. I'm really interested to see what uh, John Michael McDonough or Martin McDonough does next. You know, we did Rim Bruges, because they're just both very dark, um, very, very interesting uh, writer-directors. Kind of even turn into a cool action movie at the end. Oh sure, there's some there's some good action in there. Very Irish though, if you haven't seen it, so be careful. That was the best part. I love. Like it. I recommended to my parents, and they're like, "Oh, it was really good." We had no idea what they're saying though. Whole movie. <laughs> I I that just helped me. That just made it funnier. Like, like I said, when I put it on my top ten list, just. No one says fuck funnier than people with Irish accents. Fuck. It's like, fuck. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, I loved all the, the Irish jokes and influence in there. How he's saying, like, being racist is, like, part of his culture because he's Irish. There's just, I really think, like, I'm a big Brendan Gleeson fan now. Just like Mark Strong. Big fan of a lot of guys, apparently. But uh, I, I think it's the best I've ever seen him, and I, I can't imagine him being in, giving a better performance. Well, actually, no, you saw all the Harry Potter season, <laughs> so I can't make that joke. Well, Harry Potter. Mad Eye Moody. His eye looks around. One of his eyes. His other eye doesn't. The other eye is just a regular. So, so should we keep moving on? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We come to the part where I just give up on movies that I like. Hannah. Already give up on it? Yeah, I'm basically just giving up on it. I like Hannah. I thought. 
part of it for me is just, I saw it in an empty theater, and it was so, so, yeah, me and my friends running around the theater while the movie's playing. It was a really memorable experience. Wait, you did it while, while it was playing? Yeah. You're like a little kid? Yeah, we were just, like, yelling at each other. Yeah! No, we weren't just yelling you for the sake of yelling. Oh, no, I was watching it. I'm, like, I remember the movie fairly well. Just also remember the good times surrounding it. I don't know. I thought the soundtrack was cool, at least. Yeah. And, I don't know, I don't usually like that little girl whose name I choose not to know how to pronounce. Sorsha Ronan? Yeah. I always like her. I think she's really good. Yeah, when do you not like her? It's just—it's a personal beef between her and me. Right. It's not her performances that I don't like. It's on a personal level, <laughs> who she is as a human being. And I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Who else is in that? Yeah, Kate Blanchett doing—I don't know. I think I portray—I explained to Colin like, uh, like she was doing what Tilda Swinton did in in Michael Clayton, but really poorly. <laughs> Accent changes. But I don't know. But I, I feel three like or Kate, four times over the course of the movie. I feel like Kate Blanchett is talented enough that maybe she was doing that on purpose. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like there, there could have been all this depth to that character that you just have to interpret from her performance. Like maybe you know, she's secretly British and she's like, you know, she's like a spy and living in America. I don't know. Uh, that wouldn't be the most unbelievable aspect of that movie. I don't think. It's a bad accent. Top ten worst accents in movies. Oh, I don't think it would make top ten. You know what would make my top ten worst accents? Do you remember in L.A. Confidential, James Cromwell was supposed to be like You didn't Irish? like that accent? The only thing I didn't like about that accent is I didn't realize he was doing it until like a third of the way through the movie. I know, we were watching it, and then at the end of the movie, we like, wait, he's... He's Irish, isn't he? That's why he's been saying laddie. <laughs> I like James Cromwell a lot, but I don't feel like he ever really, really tries that hard to do different voices or anything. Remember in W when he was George Bush Sr.? He didn't sound anything like, like George Bush Sr. He has a very distinct voice. Well, not really distinct, but he has a mannerism to him. I don't feel like anyone in that movie was trying that hard. In W? Who they were supposed to be. Except for maybe Josh Brolin. And, and Rob Corddry. Sure. <laughs> Who is he? He's, uh, what's his face? Char- Ari Fleischer? Ari Fleischer. Yeah. Fucking dumb. Yeah, that was a. No, I don't know. The lady playing That's- Condoleezza Rice was trying too hard to sound like her. I'd have to say it was, was that Thandie Newton? I think so. Because yeah. I remember Richard Dreyfuss looking exactly like Dick Cheney, but I don't remember how good of a Dick Cheney played. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably good. And I thought Josh Brolin was good. He wasn't, a, he wasn't great. He wasn't Will Ferrell. <laughs> he wasn't Will Ferrell. Or Frank Caliendo. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that one. Uh, he's, he's done it many times. It's interesting. Except it's tough because I feel like no, he's not. He's not Dick Cheney. They had some other guy, Dick, Dick Cheney. 
Okay, anyways. Yeah, I don't think that's enough on W. Also, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2 made my list. Didn't see um, it. Purely because... Sorry, Sean. I what? just... No, I know. I'm, I'm, this is my concession speech that I'm doing right now. Okay. Harry Potter is crazy that it happened. It's crazy that we had child, like people that exist in the world growing up playing roles in a movie series. That That's crazy. And the fact that the movies got better and then kind of just maintained a, a certain level of quality through eight movies is, is quite a feat. And I thought the payoff at the end of this whole thing, this, you know, second half to the, the last movie or eighth movie was pretty great. Uh, the action, you know, was big. It was epic enough, you know, get the hair stand up on your back of your neck. It was, it was probably the most epic battle sequences since, like, uh, you know, like a Lord of the Rings. And, you know. You willing to go I, on record with that, Sean? Yeah. Most epic battle? Probably. What about 300? Yeah, they did kick a lot of guys off cliffs. Um... I don't know, and part of it, obviously, is just, you know, I was I was one of those people that was really into those books. So I, didn't, I didn't obsess about them like like some people. I read them and was basically done with them. And didn't, you wouldn't... Didn't, it didn't enter into my personal life to the point where when I tell people I read the Harry Potter books, they're like, what? Really? But, no, I was, I was pretty bad at Harry Potter. It's the dark side of my personality. And, uh, yeah. Not a fan of Chris Columbus. Am a fan of those last four movies? I think all directed by the same guy whose name I don't bother to learn. You didn't like the first Harry Potter movie. I didn't like the first Harry Potter movie. I liked the first Harry Potter movie. It's so whimsical. So boring. It's not boring. It's family fun. <laughs> I, think I think that one's my. No, I probably like. I'd probably like the new one the best because I feel like I like Deathly Hallows Part One a lot, but I didn't see the second one because I just I was I lost momentum. You know, you have to remember that right before I saw that, I watched like all of them, like the week before, you know. So I was ready to watch see the new Deathly Hallows, and then the other one is two is like five months off. I couldn't keep it up. Saw theaters twice. Wow. You go. Probably on our list, since it's on all of our individual lists. Midnight in Paris didn't make my list because I make room for Harry Potter. But yeah, it's, it's on our list, right? It should be. Moneyball as well. Oh yeah. Similar situation. Skin I live in. I wanted to see it, but I didn't know how to. Yeah, I had to work hard to download that one on the internet. <gasps> I didn't look, so, though, so... I'm going to sopa your ass so hard. Don't! But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Omadova fan. And Skin I Live In is, you know, like all his films, pretty visually stunning, pretty shocking at times, and yeah, worth checking out. And it's got Antonio Menderes, and you really don't get to see enough of him these days. 
No. That Soderbergh movie. He's kind of been taking a big break. Puss in Boots. I mean, no, I guess he hasn't. He just like... All the Shrek sequels. Well, I don't know. I just, I just... I don't feel like I see him enough in the flesh. None of those were good movies that you named, Sean. What about that Soderbergh movie that's out right now? Is he yeah. in that? The new one? Is he is. Oh. Well, lots of people are in Soderbergh movies these days. It's yeah. hard to keep track. John, did we tell you we saw Contagion? Mm, when? When it snowed. This is like a week ago. Yeah, like a week no. ago. No. God, the movie is... Every role is played by a recognizable actor. <laughs> I remember... Yeah. There was a moment where you're like, so is just everyone in this movie someone? And then Brian Cranston shows up the next scene yeah, and the we next just stop laughing. It's like, we need to have this Admiral character who's in like three scenes. Let's get Brian Cranston. And my mom watched it and told me Dimitri Martin was in it. He yeah. certainly is. That's a weird. Like two scenes. Is it good? Because I feel like I've heard a lot of different things. I thought it was good. Yeah. Just watch okay. what you eat. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> so, in conclusion, is, is the skin I live in on our list? I'd say no, since neither of you guys saw it. Well, I'll Madovar into it later. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I, I, I was going to guess that I'm the only one who liked it. Tinker I, didn't, I never said I didn't like it. I really appreciated a lot of stuff that was going on there. But... I just couldn't follow it. I was so confused. I almost fell asleep. At well, that was that had nothing to do with the movie, but that that made it harder early on. The movie doesn't do you any favors. Yeah, that's that's what I said, and when I mentioned it in my top ten, it's not going out of its way to wrap everything up in an easy to understand little package, and I'm fine with that. I mean the the performances are good. All sorts of people I, I like in that. Mark Strong, Tom Hardy, the the Batch, <laughs> the, the Batch. Who I'm becoming a big fan of Benedict Cumberbatch now that I've started watching Sherlock. He's the shit. <laughs> He's the future. He's the future. He's the great white hope. Um, but and I think visually is great. I really like that. Director. Well, I've only seen his uh, uh, "Let the Right One" in Thomas Alfredson. I think I'm going to assume that's right. Wait, Alfred. Let the right one in the original, or yeah, the original. Same director as Tinker Taylor. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that guy. He puts a he's does he does a great job of placing movies in the past because that one was in the '80s. Um, Let the right one in. He's, he really sets you up for the time. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just, I, I thought I found it. It was, it was a tough one. You got to bring your brain and you got to use it. Yeah, it took me a little while to even figure out that some stuff was happening in the past. Like I got the overall picture, but all the small details, I, I, I just couldn't. Though I've never been good with uh, any kind of mystery type, you know, uh, movies. I'm just too easily distracted. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say because we only have a couple more and we... We'll get back to them. Okay. 
Oh, Tree of Life is on our list. Oh, yeah. Because it's on all of our lists. That's a good... I like that rule. The Warrior! The Warrior. There's a surprising one for me. I, th- you know, I, I remember More surprising first. or less surprising than Brothers? More surprising. <laughs> hmm. What, you Brothers? That... What, that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Nat Poe. I don't understand the question. <laughs> In what way? Because Brothers, was a, I didn't really like, I mean, I liked Brothers okay. But it was an oh, intimate. I thought, you were, I thought you were about Brothers. No. I saw it in theaters. It was all right. Anyways. <laughs> the Warrior. I can't remember the last time I saw a fight movie where I... I cared so much, and I was like, I don't want either guy to lose, or, you know, I just... It, well, that would be Rocky too. I mean, you go to those kind of movies, you go to those kind of movies, and usually, you know who's gonna win to some extent, but I had literally no idea, and it was just intense, and you like these characters both for different reasons. The two brothers in the film, Tom Hardy is one, and Joel Edgerton is the other. Uh, let me see. But, I mean, nobody else saw it, so... Should I keep talking about it? I wanted to see it. I want to see it. It's not, like, really, like, amazing. It's just really solid. Like their rippling biceps. (laughs) God, Tom Hardy is ripped. He's, like, almost grotesquely in that movie. That's why he's playing Bane. And yet he's such a good actor, too. Does he, like... Ripped people can't be that good of actors. Like, he's really good. What are you talking about? Carl Weathers is an amazing talent. Uh. Like, I'm watching Tom Hardy in Warrior, and I'm like, he plays a better American than any American actor. I mean, like, uh, that could play that role. (gasps) What? (laughs) You're part of the wussification of America. Casting, casting you think, you think all Americans are Jesse Eisenberg, don't you? <laughs> At least we got him. Can't have to deal with Michael Sarah. <sighs> Talk about a puny guy. I saw that movie where he has multiple personalities. Uh, Youth and Revolt. Yeah. Wasn't digging it. But there is a lot of him running around in his boxers and nothing else. Let's just say it's not the Tom Hardy effect. Colin, you working for the weekend? You know, I like Weekend. It's it's a, it's a nice little movie. I saw it was on Netflix, but I gotta tell you, I literally had no interest. I'm I'm sorry. Even though I know it's supposed to be good, just didn't sound interesting to me. But I guess well, there's nothing interesting about the premise. It's just gay dudes. Or about very indie. Yeah, that's pretty indie. No, I just like these characters. I like the conversations they were having. Um, unlike Certified Copy, which seemed like the conversation just got more vague as the story went on, these conversations seem very specific and in tune with their time and place and the culture it was representing. And I liked it. Yawn. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. How many movies are we at right now on our list? We have eight on our list. We gotta get two more on there. I think... Looking at... Our list, I... Th- 5050 and Tinker Taylor are the, are the two that we all three saw. Yeah. Unless, did you see Hannah, John? I did not. Yeah. I thought, it, I figured it would be 5050 uh, and, and Harry Potter. Just because really? it, it was like one of the best reviewed movies of the year. Well, this isn't their list. This is our list. <laughs> okay. Then they can't take that away yeah, from. It sounds like fifty-fifty will probably make it. Yeah, give it the old bumperuski. You can throw Tinker Taylor in there too. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I like Tinker Taylor. I'm. Yeah, I think it's probably our number ten. I think that's our number ten. And fifty-fifty is our number nine. Sounds like plan. Works for me. And now it gets interesting. Well, no, I'd probably say, uh, uh, oh, guard made this. Nice. <laughs> Close. Uh, I'd say drive would be number eight. Let's see. What on here do I like less than drive? You know what's on here that I like less than drive? Yeah, I do. I think. <laughs> The Descendants. The Descendants. Oh, never mind. Did you not like The Descendants? I liked the, I liked the Descendants. I just didn't like it a lot. I feel like it. It wasn't the movie it thought it was. Like, like the 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 older daughter. It's supposed to be this problem child, but then as soon as we meet her, and then for the whole rest of the movie, she's this amazing maternal figure in the family. The only way that she rebels is she wants to hang out with her friend and bring her, her friend along. And, you know, George Clooney has this big speech at the beginning of the movie, everyone thinks we live in paradise, but are they, are they insane? But then the whole movie... They're like, yeah, uh, this place looks like paradise and we go swimming in the ocean, hanging on the beach all the time. It seems pretty idyllic to me. I don't know. Nothing about it felt, though, like, nothing felt idealized about it. It just felt like, yep, this is life. This is how it is. Uh, I mean, it was cloudy a lot in the movie. It's not like it's sunny in every scene. Whoa! I really don't know what to say about the setting, that. how it was presented. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought the setting was a pretty big part of the movie. No, but if Oof. they were to hire me, I'd be like... Who's our, who's our guest? You know, I've had one before. My roommate. You go online Ooh. and take a test in an hour and get it. Sorry. Tomorrow. Interesting. She'll be done soon. Same phone. I also well, like Drive more than The Guard. But I'm probably the only one. Or not. Mm, I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. Again, I'm just saying The Guard, it was fine, it was entertaining, but I just, 
it felt like a movie I'd seen before. I don't know. Kind of felt know. like In Bruges. Yeah, it kind of felt like In Bruges mixed with a buddy cop movie. Yep. And I what's wrong with that? I didn't feel like Drive was a movie I'd seen before. My agree. That's with my argument. <laughs> all the things that you're saying, I agree with. So, so I'm just saying that's why. I, I no, think I mean, so I would rate it higher. Okay. Well, no, I was. I'm confused, Sean. What your stance on it is? I really like the guard. I uh, don't think it's better than Drive, though. Uh, to drive I don't know why list? this is the comparison we're doing. Yeah, Drive is on my list. This is like number two, I think. Really? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was like two or three. Well, I'm not going to fight for it. I'm You're not going to fight for your number fight. one? That's an interesting... I'm not going to fight for my favorite movie of the year? Um, No. I don't know. I still think Guard is better than Descendants, though. And I guess also Midnight in Paris has been put on my list. I don't know. I have a lot of trouble talking about the Guard. I, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like the things I really like, I have less to say about. Just almost like I feel like it speaks for itself. And if you're if you're not really into it, then it's not for you. <laughs> it's just a really stupid way to look at it. But I I can't think I can't think of anything. It, it'll end up where it ends up. But it'll always hold a place in my heart. See, this is where it gets sticky. Now we have a bunch of movies, and we really don't know where we stand on any of them. Hey. What's just all... I mean... Yeah, what should be number eight? I don't know. <laughs> what do you like better, Sean? The Descendants or Midnight in Paris? Midnight in Paris. All right. By a lot. Okay. I think, John, you like The Descendants a little bit more? Yeah, like I did, but... The first, so. I don't know. I feel like I need to see Midnight in Paris again. Yeah. It's a tough call. I mean, Midnight in Paris alone gets my vote because I usually hate time travel <laughs> movies. Uh, this did time you, travel. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You, you gotta see. There's a movie you have to see, and then tell me that you hate um, time travel movies. That's a movie called Time Crimes. It's on Instant Watch on Netflix. Just recently added. Colin, let me clarify. Like, I don't. It's probably dumb for me to say I hate time travel movies, but as a mechanic, I think time travel is a bad direction for things to go in like Star Trek going back in time was the worst part of the, of the 2009 Star it, Trek it Superman on... Superman rewinding the earth is one of the dumbest moments in all of cinema I think I think it's it's if we if we do top 10 dumbest moments in movies that will be one of my nominees well it's easy to mess up but back I mean, to the future I wouldn't even... It's like barely a time travel movie. It's more kind of just to compare cultures and it. It's more of like a... I feel like it's more like a metaphorical kind of thing. Yeah. That one's good. But no, yeah, I want to get the word out. People got to see Time Crimes. That's a movie that blew me away. 
I thought you were going to say timeline. <laughs> Not so Walker. much. With Paul Clock Walker. stoppers, anyone? I have seen a, a Paul Walker movie. There you go. Sure, uh, oh, yeah. I remember that. But now, Time Crimes, before it gets remade. But he wants 110 by which I'm sure it will. I'm pretty sure it's being remade. Okay. Where were we? I have no idea. Um... Do you guys really think Descendants is, is higher up on our list? You don't want to freaking sell them to me? Apparently not, since you're putting so much but, hate like, towards it. I don't know. Sure. I'm not going to fight It's a good it, movie. But makes me freaking... The only reason I haven't I, spent like, my money on that... Do you want to see it again? I don't. Yeah, sure. I would, but I have no problem keeping it near the bottom of the list, and at least until we can sort everything else out. You want to put that at what eight? You put that at eight. I think that or the guard is our number eight. By now, I would have already put the guard at number eight. Then, All right? Because you're number one. If you're saying that, yeah. If you want, if you want, I'm all right with that. I just I don't like I don't like fighting. I'm not a fighter. Except when it comes to defending time travel. <laughs> you never back down from that. I love time travel. I could do a time travel top ten. I actually I have one completed. Then do we do Midnight in Paris? Yeah, I feel like Midnight in Paris and Drive are our next two. Because the other four made all of our lists. Do it. Make it happen. Is it Midnight in Paris is then Drive? That's yes. That's I do it. Sure. Number yeah. six, Midnight. Number five, Drive. Oh, God. <laughs> I think Hugo's number four. I'm just going to say it. Hugo. Four. You're making a lot of sense to me. Go for it. Wow, okay, that's cool. Honestly, I don't think this should be that hard. Uh, I think Moneyball's number three. I think so, too. John? That, that sounds about right. It was my number three on my actual list. Moneyball! I think artist's number two. Uh, come on, come on! Are we gonna have think this? Tree of Life is better than the artist. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, I love the visuals in Tree of Life. It was a beautiful movie, but it's practically incomprehensible. The artist is just—it's simple enjoyment. It's done in such a charming way. The cast is great. It's. It's it was the feel good movie of the year. Yeah, it's feel good. It's charming, but you can't convince me. me. You can't convince me. I'm sorry. I think that's I think that's your that's what uh, I don't know. For me, that's what kind of proves which movie is better. You say the artist is charming and simple, and the Tree of Life is <laughs> trying to sum up all of human existence in one movie and, and of course, when you yeah and kind I think of succeeds on a pretty impressive level I don't think it, it succeeds no. entirely and I give it four stars yeah. I think there's a lot of parts in there you could take it out and you could make it even better I think 
it's a really interesting film experiment, but it doesn't really have a narrative. It doesn't really have a plot, and that that kills it for me. Well, that's I like it. It made my top ten. But best movie of the year, I would no, I would never. I'm sorry. You can put it up there. I don't care if you make it. I mean, you can make it number one because obviously I'm outnumbered here. But I would never agree with that. Never? Never. Never? No. I have no interest in actually seeing Tree of Life again. I mean, unless it was in a theater. And even then, it's, it's just... It's, 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 it's something. I'll give it that. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. But... What you're saying, I mean, you're saying Tree of Life is something you, you know, it doesn't compare to anything you've ever seen, and the artist is charming. Just because it's something I've never seen, though, doesn't mean that, that means it's great. I mean, there's certain, there's certain kinds of stories and plots and certain kinds of characters that we come back to again and again because that's what we love as film goers. It doesn't mean that, I mean, if it... If it's if it's very similar to another story, that doesn't mean it's it's you know that, that that they failed in some aspect there. They're just returning to what makes cinema so great. I, I have trouble putting it towards. Well, I think it's kind of hard to put into words. Really, actually arguing what would make you know the tree of life how it worked for you or how it, how it didn't because it's kind of a movie that taps into things that are sort of intangible and it's like either you react to it in a certain way or you don't really and John obviously didn't react to it quite as strongly as we did so I don't know if we can really <laughs> argue too much on this. It's my number one. That's all I'm saying. I have I'm recording a podcast right now. Well, I mean, to replace this. Yeah. Okay. DVI would be better. I'm at. Um. Okay. When I when it comes down to it, seeing the artist in 2011, seeing a movie in black and white with almost no sound except for music and being able to enjoy that is not something you know I, I could have predicted I, I didn't I didn't really know about this movie until a couple months ago but I feel like with the tree of life it's not just novel to see it now it's it's a movie that will go on and be talked about by film scholars for a long time. Unless this the special effects age in some weird way that makes them look dumb to people or you know, Brad Pitt goes on to become some sort of weird white supremacist or something. I feel like the Tree of Life is kind of the landmark movie of, of the last few years. I mean, you don't you think you're going a little too far with this? No. Saying that? Because I don't agree with that. 
I think <laughs> the movie it produces such a visceral reaction. I mean, this was the movie that so many people walked out of that theaters had to put up a sign that says, "Hey, we won't give you a refund if you walk out of this movie." And it says a lot about American audiences and what they like, but I think it also says a lot about how effective this movie is on people. Unless everyone just walked out of it because they're falling asleep. I guess I just don't <laughs> see possible. it. I just don't see it on that level. On that deep philosophical level. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I, like, I like movies with, with good stories. And, and My favorite things in movies. Because I was so... I was so sure Tree of Life would have to be our number one, but hearing you talk about it, everyone likes the artist. Everyone. There's not a single person on the planet Earth who doesn't enjoy the artist. And maybe that does make it our number one. Maybe that like universal appeal of that movie helps it overcome something as complex That's and so difficult as the Tree of Life. Who's, who's running the freaking... Like, well, I'm glad that you can say that because I'm so terrible at defending my opinions. <laughs> I just get mad and can't think. <laughs> Happy to blind you with rage, John. <laughs> so then the case is done. Well, it's when it comes down to it, it's just a list. I'm not going to be. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, this is our list. This is bigger than the Oscars. Why didn't you ask me? <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, well, uh, I actually care about our list. I don't really care about who wins the Academy Awards. Mozinga. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to work Big Bang Theory references into all of our episodes. Well, there you go. Speaking of Big Bang Theory, you know, because then, then it might come down to an attorney making, oh, man. not necessarily wrong decision, but goes against what you, you want to do. Whereas... I mean, it made both of our number ones, Colin. I think people know. I think they know. So what, is it, what are you saying, Sean? I think tie. they know how we feel about it. So what I feel like is... Make it a tie. Is, Make it a tie. And throw in Harry Potter or something. Exactly. So how are they... a real number one. Are they just going to go... H-pop? <sighs> Articulate yourself, Colin, in ways that aren't... I just don't like that. I had to, I had to just sit out. <laughs> well, the thing is, I had to just sit up and take it. Even though the court ordered it? You guys decided that Breaking Bad was number one. And I was... That wasn't my number one. Colin, this isn't a pity party. Make a, make a real case. Uh, me and Sean's favorite film of the, the Tree Life. Therefore, we override John. That's all I'm saying. So, Pat, John, your counterpoint. You guys override. I've already said several times that go ahead and do it. I don't care. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. I don't know. I said it like ten minutes ago. You know. It's hard to hear over you. I just, but at the same time, I'm sorry, my roommate. very loud. It's very loud. But guess what, guys? I don't mean to brag, but I think we just passed 
the duration of our previous podcast. That's not a good thing. Uh, that's a point of pride for me. I don't think these should be that long. Social recap, ladies and more ladies. Number <laughs> 10, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Number 9, 50-50. Number 8, The Guard. Number 7, The Descendants. Number 6, Midnight in Paris. Number 5, Drive. Number 4, Hugo. 3, Moneyball. 2, The Artist. And our number one movie of 2011, The Tree of Life. Guess that's it for this episode. But we'll be back next week with more Top 10 Thursdays. Yeah, 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 yeah.